Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast, where we discuss all things GRC. I think it's something that everyone faces, whether they're a new compliance professional or there's just been an incident in the workplace or an audit or the regulators becoming more active, that people genuinely want to do the right thing. It's just the, the, the challenge to move beyond a ticker box approach and actually understand what they have to do and how to demonstrate they're doing it. Welcome to the GRC Professional Podcast. My name is Kwame Slesher. I'm the editor of the GRC Professional Magazine. And today we have a very special session for you. Um, as many of you would know, um, we just had the GRC conference not too long ago talking about GRC and compliance as an asset. And today we'll be talking a little bit of, about the rule of law with LexisNexis, who were our partners for the conference. And today we're going to be talking to Mafanwe Walwerk um, from LexisNexis. Hi, Mafanwe, how are you doing? Hi, Kwame, really well. How are you? Uh, not too bad. So tell me a little bit about your role at LexisNexis. Uh, I think you were saying that you had a bit of a promo promotion recently. Yes. So my title now is Executive Director Regulatory Compliance Global. And that recognises the fact that my team and I have been working on a new solution for LexisNexis over the last four years for our Australian customers, regulatory compliance. And it now expands over seven other jurisdictions, um, the UK, the US, Singapore, China, Japan, Hong Kong and New Zealand. Um, but I'm also, and I guess that's why I'm here today, the executive sponsor for the Rule of Law Projects at LexisNexis Australia, um, which is our mission as a company. Well, I guess that really fits right in because uh, 2020 has been a very interesting year, not just about the pandemic, but obviously there've been a few regulatory changes and concerns and focuses. Just a from, few. <laughs> just a few, just a few things. Um, you know, obviously everybody would be familiar with the fact that there's a GDPR, which is not specifically this year, but many people are still trying to figure out how that would look in their organization. Um, obviously we have Austrac, who has been really taking their enforcement role quite seriously. Um, and then of course, potential tranche 1.5. And then I think there's meant to be um, some anti-bribery and corruption legislation that may be appearing sometime next year. Um, but I guess we'll see. Uh, but I guess from your perspective, Mafanwe, from the project yeah. and the work that you've been doing, what are some of the risks or anything you see on the GRC horizon? Yeah, I think the important point to note is that there were already many, many challenges facing compliance professionals in Australia or other jurisdictions. Um, the number of legislative instruments that affect their organisation, we think is anywhere between 400 and 600. And once you've devised your program around those, then you have to keep up with the changes. So in Australia, we've had a long-term average of around 5,400 new and amending instruments a year, which can, of course, have multiple effects on multiple obligations. But that actually last year rose to about 6,500, and we're still counting for this year. Obviously, it's been a huge year um, for changes, especially coming out of the pandemic. Um, and, of course, the other challenge that we've seen organisations face is not only the increasing fines and increasing regulator activity, but also the application of extraterritorial legislation like the GDPR, like the FCPA. And we know, as you say, that um, the application is very real. Fines are increasing and are certainly something um, an organisation may no longer be able to just write off on their balance sheet, which of course again goes along with their reputational risk. So certainly um, challenges are increasing. So you said coming out of this pandemic, so does that mean that had we not had the pandemic, if we can get into a little speculative thinking here, um, would the changes <laughs> have still have been as, I guess, as intense as they are now or 
just different or less? Well, yeah. I mean, it's interesting, isn't it? Because as I said, like 2019 was also um, a significant increase on, on that um, four-year average that we've been tracking in terms of regulatory change. So definitely there was already um, an uptick there. But of course, the pandemic has brought its own challenges. But in other ways, it's also delayed some things. So for example, um, APRA has put off the financial accountability regime, which was to extend the bear rules introduced some time ago to other APRA regulated entities. So it's also looking at, I guess, different priorities of different regulators. And again, just to go back to what the challenges are, which I'm sure your readers are more than aware of, it's not only staying on top of those changes, it's being prepared for what may or may not change at some point in the future. Uh, yeah, I guess everyone has definitely seen the whole probability element of their risk analysis <laughs> with the <laughs> pandemic. It's just, you just don't really know what's going to happen. Um, yeah, we would have had a BCP for that kind of pandemic. Like, <laughs> it's been a big challenge. Yeah, and so I guess speaking of it and mentioning the BCP for that kind of challenge, do, do you get a sense that, um, you know, with the changes that have been brought by the pandemic, that organisations have been in a position to to sort of anticipate maybe some other issues, um, anticipate regulatory change, or do they sort of very much play in catch up? Yeah, I mean, as I said, it's it's very, it's extremely challenging. Um, and I guess we keep using the word unprecedented in, in many forums <laughs> now, but I think the, the good, there have been obviously some positives that come out, have come out of the pandemic. And um, as I said, my other role to do with um, executive sponsor for the rule of law, and working with the Human Rights Commission on human rights and technology. For some years, we've seen um, certain vulnerable groups in society being unable to access the kind of technology we might all take for granted. But because of the pandemic, we've all got used to things like Zoom meetings rather than going in in person where there may be issues for um, people who don't have the physical ability to enter a building that hasn't been properly um, fitted out for them. So I think there definitely is a bigger focus on human rights and what it means to be equal. Um, although it's not related to the pandemic, we've also seen the right to equality highlighted through Black Lives Matter protests and also yep. the right to assemble um, to do with protests as well. Um, although, of course, right to privacy is always the hot topic in Australia. Yep. Um, so, you know, bringing this all together, something that you mentioned in the beginning in the introduction is you, you talked about the rule of law. So I'm interested, what is that rule of law equation with compliance? Yeah, so the rule of law is something, obviously, that there are many definitions um, for. Um, the LexisNexis definition is equality under the law, uh, independent judiciary, accessible legal remedy. And the one that I think, for me, is part of, most part of my day job is transparency of materials. And that means that not only are legal materials accessible, but they are also easy to understand. And where those two things play together is um, going back to that challenge I raised earlier, people who either do not have legal training as a compliance professional or just struggle to stay on top of the changes and ensuring the organisation understands what those changes are and how to demonstrate their adherence with them, I think is a really key part of the rule of law. And I think the other point I would make is the rule of law isn't just about legislation. You can have laws that are not compliant with the rule of law. 
but it is also about making sure that you have best practice, that you understand the intent of the law, and also looking at some positive aspects of adhering with either rule of law or human rights frameworks. Um, corporate social responsibility is no longer something that's a paragraph in the annual report. It's really well stated now that there are employee benefits, you have higher employee engagement, you have better competitive advantage. And I think to go back to the pandemic, you're also more resilient to very extreme changes in market forces. Right, right. So obviously you've seen an issue where organisations haven't been able to maybe adequately understand the legislation and sort of implement a compliance program to meet that legislation in their systems. Yeah. Yeah. And, and as I said, like it's, it's, um, I think it's something that everyone faces, whether they're a new compliance professional or there's just been an incident in the workplace or an audit or the regulators becoming more active that people genuinely want to do the right thing. It's yeah. just, the, the, the challenge to move beyond a ticker box approach and actually understand what they have to do and how to demonstrate they're doing it. And that's something I hope that LexisNexis can assist with, whether you're a local business in Australia or a multinational across um, various countries. All right. Thank you very much. And guess what? We're at the last question. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, so, I mean, obviously with all this that we've discussed about what's happening with the legislation and the risks and defining the rule of law in that context, there's any final thoughts or advice that you have for GRC professionals, you know, we're trying to meet their obligations in this very, very volatile environment. Yeah. And I, I think obviously a really important part of their job is having a network like the GRC I provides, um, finding that best practice. Um, mm -hmm. It's no longer enough just to have a stack of legislation in your drawer or a spreadsheet you can pull out. It's really just being able to have a framework that's agile and is able to be updated as, as everything changes. And I think I just wanted to highlight that in the same way that a compliance program is an integral part of an organisation's strategy, understanding human rights principles, and we're all humans, we're all affected by those, yeah. um, is also an integral part of your compliance program. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time, Mifanwe. Thank you, Kwame. It was great to meet you. This podcast was a production of the Governance, Risk and Compliance Institute, and the music was produced by Rob Neary. <laughs>